Doris and her new relations, Doris and her mountain home. The setting sun was gleaming softly one evening up on the large old-time stone house by the bridge near Shoals in Switzerland, tending with rosy hues the ripples upon the river which glided past on its way to the sea. Within the wide doorway in her armchair sat Grandma Durant, and on the porch near her were her two sons, Matthias and Jacob Stalwart, elderly men with black eyes and black hair mixed with gray, and near them stood their wives, Catherine and Marie. The sons of both families had congregated upon the bridge, but near the porch with his elders was Nicholas Durant, their cousins from Ardes, all waiting the arrival of Dorothy and Doris, who were expected any moment. Nicholas was an overgrown boy with fair complexion and light brown hair, large round blue eyes and large hands and feet. He was restlessly walking to and fro the path in front of the porch, his hands in the pockets of his wide pants, halting occasionally to glance up the road which ran along the river. It is just eighteen years since Dorothy married and went to Italy, remarked Marie to her husband. It seems but yesterday since I heard her say about twenty times a day, I don't know, I will ask my husband. That was very respectful of her, I think, remarked Jacob. Yes, Jacob, said his wife sharply. But what patience would you have with me if I should run to ask you whether I should put a sprig of parsley in the soup and get you to time the boiling of eggs for breakfast? She appeared to think he knew everything, and moreover was the best man in the world. But how could we know what he was? He was a stranger here. Do not go beyond the truth. Marie here, interposed the calm voice of Grandma Durant. Although we were not acquainted with the relatives of Victor Maurizuis, we do know that his father was pastor of a church in a town or village on the shore of the Yorth Sea, and his mother, one of the best of Christian women. We also know that in the years that he lived, Dorothy's letters spoke always of the happiness of her life with him, which is all the testimony one needs in his favor. For to that sweet, gentle creature, a harsh word would have been like a blow. It is strange that Dorothy always preferred living away from here, remarked Catherine reflectively. Dorothy was the daughter of the eldest son, and therefore had privileges that none others could have, replied Marie. I would like to know who this cousin Dorothy is and how she came to be a relation of mine, here interrupted Nicholas. Never could understand when Uncle tried to tell me. If you have not learned from hearing her so constantly spoken of lately, I don't see how you will ever learn, remarked Marie sharply. One never knows how to take Cousin Marie, she said Nicholas, gazing up on her in open-mouthed surprise. You must take her as a cow takes salt, suggested Jacob. If it is not grass, it is something else. Come, Nicholas, I will tell you who Dorothy is, said Grandma Durant from the doorway. But you must not walk about, but come and sit here by me. Our eldest son was named Daniel, a tall, straight man, with eyes as bright as stars. He was quick and energetic in his way, entirely different from that of Matthias and Jacob, who are slow of speech and movement. 
In his 22nd year, he married a fair young girl from the Valley of the Munster. Their only child, a daughter, is the cousin Dorothy. We are expecting this evening. The mother died when Dorothy was but three years old. Then our son Daniel was called home, and relatives on her mother's side took the little one home with them. She stayed there until she was 17, then came to us and remained a year, when she was married to an artist with whom she became acquainted in her northern home. Dorothy was a beautiful, gentle creature, and we loved her as well as we did our own children. But how did she become related to me? inquired Nicholas. Her grandfather and yours were half-brothers. I see, said Nicholas, reflectively. And this daughter, Doris, how old is she? Is she pretty? She is about sixteen, and, it, and if resembling either father or mother cannot fail of being pretty. Victor Morizus was a handsome man, and what is better, a Christian. I will add that Dorothy, with her fair hair, pure white and pink complexion, and dark blue eyes, was in direct contrast to his dark brown hair, hazel eyes, and olive complexion. Is cousin Dorothy young as these two? pointed the two matrons. She is about the age of her aunts, Catherine and Marie. Matthias and Jacob did not marry until past thirty. Is Dorothy good-tempered? If, like her mother, she must be sweet and gentle, and her father was pleasant in manner and disposition. You are faithful at asking questions, Nicholas, remarked Marie. Wouldn't you like to know how many pairs of shoes she has and how many ribbons for her hair? It is no wonder I asked, replied Nicholas in an aggrieved tone. It is a great thing to have a girl cousin when we have had none but boys. I think that cousins like my boys are some something to be proud of, said Marie severely. I have yet to learn that sons are to be despised because there are no girls. And my boys, said Catherine, you should be proud to acknowledge them as cousins. I often wonder how Dorothy could live after losing her husband, remarked Grandmother Durant. She was of such a dependent, clinging nature. She would not decide anything without consulting her grandfather. Then when married, her husband was her friend, her advisor, her all in all. She appeared to live but in him. I think people should have a mind of their own and not be guided so much by other people's opinions, said Marie. The sun has disappeared behind the mountains. And the evening air is growing cool, so I must move my chair to the sitting room, said Grandmother Durant, as she arose to make the change. Come in and take supper with us, Nicholas, and wait for Dorothy. I would like to, replied the boy wistfully, but Uncle always wants me at home of evenings. I will go now and come tomorrow. Yes, we can count upon your coming now, Nicholas, remarked Marie. You will not be contented in Ardy's when you know that Doris is in Shoals. It is entirely right that he should come to help welcome his new relative, said Grandmother Durant. I wish Dorothy to see that we are all glad to have her come. The others remained in the porch, and at twilight the travelers arrived and were warmly welcomed. Then all went in to the good supper which had been awaiting them. My great-grandchild is a fine girl, said Grandmother Durant with pride. Healthy, well-developed, sprightly, and sensible. She has the brilliant eyes of my son Daniel and the olive complexion and auburn hair of her father. Doris on her side was equally pleased with Grandmother Durant. She admired the beautiful white hair, the dignified manner, stately presence, and gentle tone of voice, but she was bewildered by the strong resemblance between her great-uncles, and did not believe that she would ever be able to distinguish one from the other. There were also 
and Matthias and a Jacob and each family of boys, and all spoke in monosyllables and replied to her, as did their fathers. She was glad when it came time to retire, for she was weary and longed to be alone with her mother. The next morning they went to their own house, to prepare for the arrival of their household goods, and Dorothy was surprised that the house she once thought large was so small. The rooms of which Marie had written as being newly repaired were in great contrast to the others, which looked dingy and bare. But to Dorothy it was the place where her father and mother had lived, their few years of happy married life, and her heart warmed toward it. "'I'm so glad to see dear old Mott,' said she, going to the window which overlooked the river. "'Is it not beautiful, Doris?' It is so dark and dull-looking, mother, and the clouds resting upon it are cold and gray. But it is late in the season now, Doris. Wait until spring and the new foliage comes. On pleasant days and evenings, until cold weather, you can take lovely walks over it and gather wild flowers. Matioso always looks green and pretty, mamma, with rosy clouds resting over it. We will not make comparisons, dear, but we will let our eyes rest only on the beauty about our new home. When you get accustomed to the place, the river and bridge and the mountains will be as attractive, I hope, to you as the scenery about Lake Maguror. We will take pleasant walks together when we get our house arranged, as we wish. It can never be as lovely as the home we left, Mama, but we will make the very best of the change. Do the relatives seem the same as when you left them? My uncles look much older and appear more quiet than they used to be, but I see no change in grandmother. She is the same intelligent, sensible, kind, and motherly old lady I have always known. Did you like to visit your great-uncle Nicholas at Artie's, Mama? Yes, when the grandmother of your cousin Nicholas was living, it was a charming place to go, and her two bachelor sons were kindness itself to me. Then Daniel, the older one, married, and at his death left his son to the care of his brother Nicholas. So now there are but two in the beautiful home, my great-uncle Nicholas, who is very wealthy, and the cousin Nicholas, who is coming to call upon us this morning. At that moment there came the sound of vigorous knocking upon the open hall door, and Doris left the breakfast room window to see the visitor, followed by Dorothy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresaw Story Classic.